0: Navigate the journey to becoming a great lawyer with expert guidance on topics that range from trial skills to corner office management. Here you will learn how to tap into your potential for legal greatness. I'm Andrew Smiley, and this is The Mentor, ESQ. Thank you for joining me. On this episode of the Mentor ESQ podcast, so happy to have you here with me today. Uh, As many of you know, I have been having these one-on-one Zoom meetings with lawyers. I started doing it in the fall of 2021, and I'm recording this now in the uh, spring, almost summer of 2022, and I've had meetings with over 100 lawyers uh, during this time period. And it's been half hour Zooms and we just chat, get to know each other and talk about whatever the person who has signed up to meet with me wants to talk about. And it's been fascinating because I've met with uh, older retired lawyers. I've met with brand newly admitted lawyers and everything in between, all types of practice areas, all levels of experience, lawyers from large firms, lawyers from solo practices, lawyers at a crossroads and trying to decide what area of law to get into or whether or not to just get out of the area of practicing law. And there's been a common thread through many of these one-on-ones that I've been doing where ultimately a discussion about referrals takes place. And usually how it comes about is one of two ways. Uh, Many lawyers wanna talk with me about how to increase their business, how to get business. And that brings a conversation to getting cases by way of a referral. Other lawyers have been talking to me about wanting to go out on their own and starting their own law firm. And they're curious how they can get business uh, and clients. And I ask them if they have any referral sources. And another way that it comes about is when a lawyer is looking for someone to take over a case that they don't feel is uh, that by handling it themselves, is doing the best service for their clients. So oftentimes they're asking me if I'd be interested in taking over a case uh, from them, uh, or if it's an area of law they don't handle, but they're getting cases in the area of personal injury law. They wanna know if it's something they could work on with me uh, by way of referral. A lot of lawyers are just asking me if I have cases that I can refer to them, cases that my law firm doesn't handle because we don't handle all types of personal injury cases. We don't handle mass tort claims. We don't handle smaller cases. Um, So we are constantly being contacted uh, with questions about whether or not we would take a case. And uh, we're always looking to find a home for those cases that we're not handling. And I'm very happy to refer them to other lawyers. And it's been very interesting for me that many lawyers don't, either don't understand how referrals work or don't feel comfortable talking about referrals or asking for referrals. So I wanted to clarify that today and hopefully share with you some information about how the referral system, which is such a cornerstone and lifeblood of the legal profession, how it works and how you should avail yourself of it to either be a person who refers cases and or a person who receives referrals on cases. And this applies to every practice area of law, not just personal injury, but criminal defense, wills, contracts, trusts and estates, corporate law, business law. I can't tell you that a day or a week goes by that I'm not being asked by another lawyer or a a client or a lay person or a family friend. If I could recommend a lawyer to do a closing on their home, if I could recommend a lawyer to handle a criminal defense matter, if I could recommend a lawyer to draft a will for them. So as lawyers, we have spent a considerable amount of our time developing a skill set, right? We've gone to college, we've gone to law school, uh, we've invested time in learning, we've taken bar exams, oftentimes more than one We get admitted in numerous states, we intern, we work at different law firms, we handle different types of cases, and many of us become a real expert in our area of law, certainly after you've been doing it for a period of time. And even if you're relatively new, you could always develop an expertise within that field of law that you're working on. For example, uh, an associate in my firm, Michael Solomon, if I have him working on a specific issue about um, Let's say, for example, the, uh, um, the Graves Amendment, where there's an issue on whether or not you can sue a rental company like a Hertz or an Avis, uh, where there's preclusion from doing that under federal law. They're not obligated to cover for the negligence of the people that they rent to. But what if it's a, what if it's a place that just rents out one car? Does that still apply? And so let's say Michael, my associate's been working on this matter. Has read all the cases, knows all the law. If someone reaches out to me or a friend of Michael's or Michael's published something on it or handled a motion, um, he's going to be the go to guy. And if you have an issue regarding the Graves Amendment, it would serve your client the best to refer that person to someone who's developed a certain skill set. They're lawyers who specialize in an area and they can bring value to a client in need of their services. And that's our goal as lawyers. We want to help clients. That's why we've gotten into this business. And if you want to be cynical about it and you say, well, I got into this business to uh, earn a living or as a profession to support my family. And that's all uh, accurate and honorable as well. They don't, there's no reason you can't do all the above, you know, help people and have a a successful practice. Uh, But the way that you're going to do that is by Making sure your skill set helps the right people. And if it doesn't, getting those people to someone whose skill set can help them. Because by referring a potential client to another lawyer, you're not only helping out that client, putting them in the capable hands of someone to help them out when they're in need of proper legal guidance, but you're also helping that attorney because you're referring that attorney business. And that's gonna come back to you in time. Big believer in karma, big believer that you help others and others are gonna reach out to you. So I'll give you an example. Um, All I do, as you probably know, is plaintiff's personal injury law. I couldn't write a will for you. You wouldn't want me fighting a traffic ticket for you in court. Uh, I know what I know and I limit my practice to serious plaintiff's personal injury matters. So I will get calls frequently uh, asking for help in an area outside of my specialty. And so let's say someone calls me up and they um, they have a family member who was pulled over and got charged with DWI, driving while intoxicated. And they say it happened in Nassau County and the rules are really strict there and they're freaking out they're going to lose their license and they need it to get to work and take their kids to school. Uh, can you recommend someone? So... I'm gonna wanna make sure that I find them the right lawyer, someone that knows how to handle DWI cases, that has experience in that area of where the case is. So I look into my Rolodex, uh, uh, mental or physical or otherwise, into my bench of colleagues who I trust and know. And I'll refer that person to a colleague of mine who's a criminal defense lawyer, probably a former prosecutor in Nassau County who now defends people when charges are brought against them and has a track record of properly handling and defending DWI claims and getting really good results. And I'll refer this client. So it's gonna make me look good to the client. Hey, Andrew got me in the right hands. That's awesome. It's gonna help the client because they're getting excellent counsel. And then my colleague who I've referred them to is gonna benefit because their skill set that they've worked so hard on uh, to be able to handle these cases is gonna be put to good use and they're gonna get a client and they're gonna get business out of it. Same way that if there someone approaches my friend who's a criminal defense lawyer and they have someone they know or someone in their family or even themselves have been involved in a serious personal injury case, my friend's gonna refer them to me knowing that I'm gonna handle the case well. It's gonna make that lawyer, my friend look good that he's helped the client out. So referrals are the lifeblood of what we do because people go to the lawyers who they know and trust and they will go to them most likely in matters that that lawyer does not handle. And so it's important that we as lawyers can find homes for these clients to know they're gonna be well taken care of. And it's great for business. It's, there's no better feeling than referring a case to someone else and then having that other person reciprocate and refer to you. When um, my law firm, Smiley & Smiley, was founded by my father back in 1968, there was only really a handful of prominent plaintiffs, personal injury lawyers, and law firms in New York City. And it was before advertising was allowed under the law. So referrals were the way that my father built up our practice. Uh, He went to Columbia Law School, and he went into negligence law when all of his other fellow Ivy League law school classmates went on to these big corporate law firms. And big corporate law firms don't handle personal injury law. And there's a lot of things that big corporate law firms don't handle as far as practice areas. So my father built our practice on getting referrals from his classmates uh, that didn't practice in personal injury law. They practice corporate law. And he did a really great job. He made them look good where it spread amongst their firms and the, the other clients. And it developed more and more referrals. Now, as he got older um, and a lot of his colleagues started retiring, Uh, And advertising became so dominant, it became difficult to get a lot of business to the firm based just on referrals. And we had to do more networking and marketing and ads and all kinds of stuff that I've talked about ways to market your practice. Uh, But at the end of the day, if you ask any lawyer, if you ask me where their best cases come from, 99% of the time, they're going to say a referral, a referral from another lawyer. And there's nothing better than when a client comes to me and I, about a case, and I wanna tell them about my background, my firm's background, what I feel we bring to the table. They say, no, no, so-and-so referred me to you. That's all I need to know because they're the tops in their field. And if they say, you're the go-to person or firm, that's all I need to hear. And that's a great feeling. It's also a great feeling uh, when you have a pending case, uh, like I have one right now where I get a call from the referring attorney I got this case referred to me through a colleague of mine who handles uh, real estate at a very high level for a big, very big, powerful firm in New York city. One of his partners in their Washington DC branch of their law firm had a client in a bad accident, sent the word around. My colleague said, I've got the right guy for you. It's Andrew Smiley. They put me in touch. I ended up taking on the client. And after a a proceeding a couple of weeks ago, I get an email from my colleague saying, hey, I just heard from my partner in DC that the clients are super happy with you. You're doing an awesome job. He said, I just wanna thank you. Uh, The partner who I gave your name to is a big shot in our DC office and it makes me look good. And so it just, it helps all around. Now, the question then becomes, how do you get referrals? How do you ask for referrals? How does that all sort of play about? Are there fees exchanged? What's the deal with referring attorney fees? So first, let's talk about asking for referrals. There's no reason to be shy about it, and many lawyers are. When I'm speaking with them, they're like, "Well, uh, I kind of wanted to know. Do you know anyone that's looking to refer their stuff?" And they say, kind of quietly, or they like, "I feel awkward asking, but do you think you might be able to refer me any cases?" And I would say, don't feel awkward, and The best that I can tell you is that if you'd like to have more clients, tell people to refer their friends, family members and clients to you. Say, I'm really good at my job. This is what I do, but I don't advertise on TV. I'm not some brilliant marketing person, but I'm a really good lawyer and I'm the best trust and estates lawyer anyone's going to find. And I'm very reasonably priced and I'm really good. So please, if anybody needs a will, if they need estate planning, please give them my name. I'd really appreciate it. I promise I'm gonna do a great job. I'll keep you in the loop. Um, there's nothing wrong. And in fact, you should be asking for referrals. Let people know that you're looking for referrals. It was really interesting that people have said to me when, um, when I've mentioned previously, I think in a CLE that, hey, uh, you know, my firm takes referrals. And if you have a case that you'd like to refer, let me know. People are like, oh, I didn't know you took referrals. Oh, I'm so glad you said you took referrals. And I was stunned by that. I assumed it was given. Uh, but apparently it's not. So that's why I wanted to have uh, this episode to talk about referrals. Because it's not a given. And it should be. So at whatever level you're at, whether you're in a firm, a big, powerful corporate law firm, whether you're a solo lawyer, uh, whether you're in a mid-sized firm, wherever it is, it's going to look great for your firm that you're in and it's going to help you if you're a solo practitioner, it's just going to help you in getting your reputation out there as a skilled practitioner in your area by asking for referrals, receiving referrals, putting yourself out there, letting whoever it is know that you will, what you do and that you would love it and be honored if they would give your information out. You promise to take good care of anybody that uh, they give your name to. You can do it at your kid's softball game. If you're talking work, people are like, oh, what do you do? Uh, it doesn't have to be in a legal setting or a networking setting. But certainly, if you are in a legal setting or networking setting, say it. Say, I love your referral, okay? Just ask for it. Um, and I'll put it out there to all of you. I accept referrals. Reach out to me if there's a serious personal injury matter uh, that either you feel is Not in your wheelhouse or your area of practice or maybe just a little bit uh, uh, out of where you feel you can bring the best uh, representation and value to your client and you want to bring me on board. I've been involved in many cases previously and actively where a plaintiff's lawyer says, listen, I have this case. Um, I just don't think the other side is taking me seriously. It's a big case. They don't know me. I'm a solo operator. They're starting to bring in some big experts. I don't know where to begin with. Is this a case that you might be willing to take over uh, or we can work on together? And I say, absolutely. And uh, I do it successfully. We work out a fee share arrangement where if the lawyer has done work on the case uh, or the lawyer wants to stay involved or even if they just, the case comes to them, but they want to know if they're entitled to referral fee. Um, my firm is open to that. And we talk about that. And it's allowed under the law. And I'm going to talk about how referral fees work. So you need to ask that. Not all lawyers are seeking a fee when they refer someone to you. It should not be assumed that a lawyer that picks up the phone and says, I'm referring this person to you, uh, is going to get a referral fee or is expecting a fee. It's a conversation that you need to have unless you have a long established relationship of prior referrals and you know what your arrangement is. But if it's a new matter and you call me up and say, I wanna refer a case to you, I'm not automatically assuming that you wanna participate in the fee because there's some steps that have to be taken. So there's nothing wrong if you're going to refer a case to somebody to ask them, um, are they willing to share in the attorney's fees? Do they give referral fees? Uh, how does that work? What percentage of fees do they give? What steps need to be taken to make sure that everything's done above board and appropriately? You should ask, you shouldn't assume, and you shouldn't be shy about asking because we're lawyers, right? If it's not documented or if it's not somehow confirmed, then there's no, it's a, it's an agreement. You have to be able to prove you have an agreement. So many times a lawyer will refer me a case just recently uh, a lawyer reached out to me to refer a case, someone I did a one-on-one with who's attended my CLEs and podcasts. And we talked about a fee agreement and uh, I, we, we agreed on a fee split for the work. And uh, he said, now, I just want to confirm, you're going to give that to me? Do we need to file stipulation? What do we need to do? Uh, and I explained everything and how we would make sure that it was documented and confirmed. He said, I'm sorry, it's not that I don't trust you. And I said, not at all. You're doing the right thing. You need to make sure uh, that you're protecting yourself. And any upstanding attorney that's taking over a case should have no problem with it. So here's the deal with referral fees and how they work. You are entitled to share in the attorney's fees uh, if you are a referring attorney, if you participate, and I'm holding my fingers up in quotes because the extent of the participation uh, is not... Uh, strictly defined. It's just that you are participating in the work, all right? And there's lots of ways a referring attorney participates in the work. They can be the point of contact when needed uh, for the client. Uh, Many cases where someone refers a case to me and we work out a referring uh, referral fee agreement, and sometimes that lawyer will sit in on a mediation or sit in on a deposition prep uh, or sit in on a meeting with the client. Or if the client has questions, uh, we'll bring in the referring attorney if that person has a close relationship uh, so that they can seek their counsel uh, on what I have to say. And it's like having two lawyers for the price of one, I always tell clients. Um, Sometimes lawyers have done work already on a case before it comes to me. So as long as you um, acknowledge that you're responsible for some share of the work, it doesn't mean you have to litigate the case by any means, but that's the technical requirement. Then the next step is, is to make sure that the uh, client is informed in writing, that they're aware that there's a fee share going on. And I'll do that by email. Uh, I can do that in a Zoom meeting when we're introduced. I let the client know and I'll record the meeting. Uh, so I have proof of it. I'll say, I just want to let you know, uh, your lawyer who has set up this meeting that has asked for me and my firm to get involved and work as co-counsel on the case, um, we're going to share the fees so that you know that we've worked out an agreement. I tell them what it is and I say, it doesn't affect you. Um, We take the fees, the one third fees as per retainer and we share our fee. So you're getting two for the price of one. And then what you need to do is when you file your retainer statement here in New York, and by the way, my knowledge as to what's required is based on New York state law. If you're in a different state, please consult with a lawyer there and to make sure that if you are going to get into a fee sharing arrangement that you know what's required and that you do it the proper way. Uh, And I'm not an ethics lawyer, so feel free to check me, speak with a lawyer that specializes in ethics, but I've been doing this for 26 years. Our firm's been around forever. We've never run into an issue with fee sharing uh, at all. And so when you file a retainer statement with the Office of Court Administration, uh, what you're required to do when you're retained on a new case, there's a line on there that asks the, where the client came to you, how you got this client. Um, so you would put that referring attorney, and we prepare a retainer statement for the referring attorney, um, and we file for them. We fill everything out. We have them fill it in. So we file their retainer statement, and we get a, a retainer statement number when it's filed. And then we put their name and their retainer statement number on our retainer statement when we file it. So it's documented with the Office of Court Administration that um, both lawyers are are acknowledged on the case. You don't have to put what the fee split is, just that that's the referral source. And then you have everything else and it's covered and it's in writing. All right. So then at the end of the day, the case comes in, uh, settles. uh, We take in the fees and we distribute the agreed upon portion to the referring attorney. And that's how you do it. Generally speaking, that if a lawyer refers a case to us and they're not particularly involved, they haven't done a lot of work on it, and they would like to participate and get a referral fee, uh, as long as they're willing to put it in writing, uh, sign off and file with OCA, let the client know and all that, we will do that. And our general practice is to give one third of our one third fee. So, typically in personal injury law, our contingency fee arrangement is one-third of the recovery, and we will agree to give a referring attorney one-third of our one-third, all right? In a medical malpractice case, uh, the fee agreement is a little different. It's a sliding scale based on percentages. It's 250,000 of the, uh, I'm sorry, it's, um, it's 30% of the first $250,000 recovered. of the next $250,000 recovered, that gets you up to 500. Uh, The next 500,000 above that, so if you're getting up to a million, that's going to be 20% of that next 500,000. And then anything uh, between $1 million and 1.25 is going to be 15% fee. And any sums of money obtained for the client in a medical malpractice case above 1.25 million is 10%. So you can settle a case for $6 million and the difference between the 1.25 and that extra 4.75 million, it's only a 10% fee. That's not a third of that. So when uh, someone refers a medical malpractice case to us and wants to be on record as the referring attorney, they will ride the scale with my firm. They'll get 20 of our 30%, 25% of our 25%, and so on. So it's always matching our fee. Whatever our fee is, they get that percentage of our fee. Hopefully that makes sense. That's typically what's done. Now, if a lawyer's done a lot of work on a case um, and they want a different fee, a higher arrangement, that's always up for negotiation, uh, and you can work that out. So it's up to you to decide on the fee split. So I'm telling you what's traditionally done, but it's up to the lawyers themselves to agree the fee arrangement can be less it could be more but a lot of people ask me what the standard agreement is and again not all lawyers take referral fees i don't think i've ever had a lawyer that works for a large corporate law firm take a referral fee from me and i've asked in the past why and they've told me that you know they you know they can't have a separate law practice when they're working for a corporate firm Uh, and that if they put their name on something and sign a retainer statement that could implicate their law firm and they're very concerned that if my firm committed malpractice or any issues came up that their big corporate law firm and their partners would get dragged into it and they're just not interested they make a significant amount of income working in the firms they're at and they just want to know that by referring someone to us they're going to be really well taken care of and that's one thing you have to stress And you have to let your referring attorneys know that you're going to protect their fee. You're going to document it. You're going to take really good care of their client. You're going to keep them in the loop as much as they want to be or as little as they care to be, and you're going to do a great job. And then you have to do that. And that's how you're going to develop business. And people are going to continue to refer to you. You're going to get referrals from other lawyers. You're going to get referrals from your client who's going to refer other people to you. So it's important that you do that. And sometimes. You don't need to ask for a fee. Maybe it's not a huge case. Maybe it's got problems. Maybe you know it's gonna be expensive or it's gonna have to go to trial. And you should feel comfortable referring a case to someone and saying, just take it, do a great job. That's my concern. So we do that a lot at my firm. I refer out lots of cases. I like to spread it around. I like to help lawyers, especially solo practitioners, young lawyers, people that are trying to, you know, get, get their business going. Uh, and develop a client base. Uh, If you've done a one-on-one with me already, you know I ask, what practice area are you in? What types of cases do you like? If you practice in personal injury law, um, do you take uh, soft tissue automobile cases? Because my firm doesn't. Um, Do you take smaller trip and fall cases uh, that don't always result in surgery? Because my firm won't, and I'll refer those to you. And I'll have lawyers tell me, yeah, I love those auto cases. I'm used to handling the threshold motions. Oh, I love, I'm really good at premise liability cases. Um, And I'll make these notes and I'll say, where's your practice? What type of cases? So if I know a lawyer in Queens likes trip and fall cases, and we come across one that we're not taking, I'll ring up that lawyer and say, I'd like to refer it to you. Uh, And if it may be a case, we'll talk about referral fees. Sometimes they'll say just, you know what? I know this is really a tough case and may not get a lot of recovery. Just take it uh, and good luck with it. Do a great job. So that's generally how referrals work. There's also one thing I've been speaking uh, with a lot of the attorneys about in my one-on-ones, uh, especially lawyers who are new to law or looking to get into a plaintiff's personal injury law, but just don't feel comfortable enough that they know what they're doing. I'll say, look, refer me the case and ride, a, ride along as my co-counsel. So you'll get a referral fee at the end of the day, but other than just me sending you money, you can be copied on all my email correspondence. You can see how I work up a case and get my investigators involved and the types of claim letters I send out. You can see how I prepare for damages and liability and prepare my clients for depositions. You can sit in on everything and shadow me basically. So by the time the case is over, you'll have seen how I run these cases, how I bring it to conclusion, and how I go from beginning to end. So not only will you end up making money at the end of the day, but you'll learn stuff. And after doing several of these different types of cases, maybe an auto case, maybe a medical malpractice case, maybe a construction accident case, you're going to learn enough that you're going to say, you know what, I got this. I got this. Next one, I don't have to refer to Andrew. I can handle this on my own. And that's great. Um, so that's something that I like to do. And I'm sure other lawyers are open, and open to doing it with you either in mm-hmm my area of practice of personal injury law, or in another area of practice. If it's something you wanna get into, find a lawyer who's good at it, who you can refer that case to, and find a lawyer who will let you shadow uh, them so that you can learn in the process. And there's a lot of value to be had doing that. And uh, and I've seen it firsthand, okay? So that's different ways that you could work. You can work as a co-counsel. You could just straight up refer. But by referring cases, You're going to get referrals back. It's a natural tendency to want to um, reciprocate in the field of law. And again, you just have to put it out there. People may look at me and say, oh, Andrew Smiley, look, he's got a podcast, CLEs, and this and that, and a well-known firm. He probably doesn't need a referral. He's got plenty of business. But that's not true. I do need referrals. I am looking for particular cases. That is how my business works, on referrals. So don't presume someone doesn't need a referral. Everybody's happy to bring in business. Even the biggest, uh, most successful rainmaker, the reason they're that way is because they're constantly bringing in business to their firm, and they're an asset because of that. So if you can help out another lawyer and bring them business, um, do it, do it. You should, everybody should have lawyers in all different practice areas who they know and trust that are in their uh, system whatever your system is, whether it's on your phone or in your emails or your contacts or whatever it is, if you have an old school Rolodex or, uh, or Filofax or Blackbook, whatever it is, you should have go-to lawyers and personal injury law, criminal law, workers' compensation law, um, trust and estates, wills, business, corporate, everything, because people are always going to ask you and you want to be able to refer those people. So... I wanted to put this out there to let everybody start thinking about it and making sure you're not shy about uh, asking for a referral and making sure that whatever it is, that clients are always going to get the best representation, whether it's from you or from someone else. Make sure to distinguish yourself to people. Let them know what you're doing, what types of referrals you're looking for, what types of cases you come across that you're looking for a home for, to refer out. You need to be aware of all of that but keep the conversation going. You should always be talking about referrals when you meet another lawyer. You can help that lawyer out, that lawyer can help you. Now, in the body of this podcast and on my mentor ESQ website, there is always a link to my calendar. And if you haven't done so already, hook up with me, get on my calendar, we'll do a 30 minute Zoom and we can talk about referrals. I can help guide you through the process of how it works. And we can talk about anything else for that matter. Uh, You may probably know that uh, I'm a big car fan. Got an exciting month ahead. I'm gonna be doing some high performance driving with the Porsche Club, going to Lime Rock in a few days. Then I'm going up to Watkins Glen for a weekend of driving. Then I'm going down to Birmingham, Alabama to the Porsche racing school at Barber Motorsport track later in the month. So I'm very excited. Uh, That's a passion of mine, but I have other passions. I like to build Lego sports cars. I like to do uh, gardening. I like to read. I like to dance. Um, So I'm always, I play tennis, avid tennis player. I'm pretty good too. So I like to talk about these things. And whenever I have my one-on-ones, it's not just referral talk. It's what do you like to do in your free time? Maybe we can hook up and do it. Maybe we can talk about it. And I have people saying, oh, I didn't know you're a tennis player. Oh, I didn't know you like cars. What kind of cars? Let's talk about it. It's just great to make contacts and to meet others in our profession. I've really been enjoying doing that. And I encourage you to do that as well. Have an open mind, reach out to people, set up your own one-on-one Zooms if you can. Zoom with me, I'll put you in touch with others and just keep the community going. I've learned a lot in this pandemic. And one of the things I've learned through the CLEs I've been doing in the podcast and my one-on-ones is that we are all very interesting and unique people that have come from very different paths to where we are as practicing attorneys in all different practice areas, in all different locations. And we have a lot to share with each other and a lot of ways to help each other. And referrals is a big part of that. So hopefully you got some value uh, from talking about referrals. Hopefully we can keep the conversation going. Please share this podcast episode. Please share my podcast in general. Uh, with those who you think may enjoy it, that helps me out a lot. I like it. I like to get more people into our community and involved, and keep these conversations going. Follow me on Instagram at the Mentor ESQ. Reach out for a one-on-one, and and reach out to me anytime. I'm really happy to help, and I'm sure if you ask around, you'll see that. Um, that I'm a man of my word. I help out whenever I can. I've had a lawyer the last two days call me from court, freaking out, looking for pattern jury instructions and sample requests to charge. And and I've been scrambling with my staff to get him everything he needs. It's just because, look, this is what we do. We help each other out and the business will come. There's plenty to go around. So thank you for tuning in. Um, Have a great rest of the day. And thank you as always for joining me on the Mentor ESQ